Better Look, the podcast bringing back a personal pop culture recommendation with Ren and Roger. We aim to misbehave. Welcome everyone to another episode of Give It A Look podcast. My name is Roger. I'm here as always with my co-host Ren. Hey Ren, how's that new Udi working out for you? It's very delightful and very warm and very cosy. No ad, but it's like the best thing I've probably bought online. Big wraps. I just feel like a big marshmallow or something. My partner was like, why do you look like a penguin? Like, <laughs> What does Homer say? I'm a toasty cinnamon bun. Oh, yeah. I never want to leave this hoodie. Yes, yes, that is me. <laughs> what design did you go for? I went for the breakfast buddies. So it's got milk, it's got bacon, I think waffles, eggs, all the delicious breakfast foods on it. I really love brunch, so it kind of suits me. Tell us about your Udi. Mm, mine was a present. Mine is just like a deep uh, navy grey, mm. not quite as, as arty, but I'm looking <laughs> forward to throwing mine on now that we are in the darling buds of May and it's getting uh, colder and colder. Mm-hmm. Thermals are coming out mm-hmm. and bamboo sheets are being put away. Yes, and the flannelettes are coming out, which is very nice and cosy as well. So many changes. And there's changes with us too. We are back to our original subject matter, if you like, our original format. We have uh, swapped over to films after doing a couple of TV series and a couple of albums. So we've given each other a film that the other person has never seen before and we're going to get their hot take on it. Rin, what was your recommendation to me? I gave you the 2019 movie Rocket Man. Rocket Man is like a biographical musical drama based on Elton John and his upbringing and his life and how he got to be where he is today. At the start of the movie, we see him like, you know, he's very flamboyant in all his costumes. So we see him kind of walking into this meeting saying he's a sex addict, alcohol, drugs, you name it, he's done it kind of thing. And he's kind of there to be better. And then he kind of thrusts back into like where it all started. And so we see him growing up in the 1950s and his mother isn't exactly overly loving and his father's very absent. He's got a wonderful grandmother who lives with him and he just kind of has this knack for music really. Like he can perform music by ear essentially and, Mm, you know, eventually he goes off to study and grows up and performs in pubs and throughout the movie we see the musical numbers of his well-known songs performed throughout the film as if they're singing it like a musical style. Elton John's played by Taron Egerton, you know, from Kingsman and Eddie the Eagle. It's a really great film. It just kind of goes through Elton's highs and his lows. We see things like drug addiction and alcoholism and, you know, his sex addiction and we see his interactions with people like Bernie Taupin. Bernie Taupin. Yeah, you know, and they become friends as well. That's who he's made like a lot of his very successful hits with as well. So we kind of see that friendship throughout. We see Elton hooking up with John Reed, who, you know, is his lover slash manager as well. We see that, you know, tumultuous relationship and how that kind of unfolds. I think because this all happened before you and I were born, I actually didn't know this side of Elton John, to be honest. Very eye-opening. But, you know, I'd really like to hear what your opening thoughts are. Just jumping off what you said Mm. about Elton, I guess for us, he's always seemed quite clean cut. Mm. I wasn't really aware of him until Lion King soundtrack Mm -hmm. era, let's say. And you probably wouldn't let 
you know, 1970s or 1980s Elton onto a, sound, a Disney, Disney soundtrack no. <laughs> if he was in the middle of the throes of, of a lot of this. Once I finished this film, I had quite a bit of trouble figuring out why it didn't really work mm, for me. Okay, yeah. I wanted to like it mm. more than I did. Mm-hmm. It's not something I'm putting completely in the trash fire yeah. pile. Let's start with the casting of Elton's mm-hmm. mother. Um, I think Bryce Dallas Howard might have been not quite right for this role. I think they I could have gotten uh, like an English performer, like an actress. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just putting that out there. I mean, I love her. I think she's great. She's great mm. in The Help, you know, she's in Jurassic World and things like that. But, no, I, I do agree with you on that one and her accent kind of bugged me. <laughs> yeah, I'm like... Gee, was Sally Hawkins not available? <laughs> was Olivia Coleman or something? Oh, <laughs> now wouldn't that be a good bit. one? That would have been amazing, especially because like we saw what she can be like as a, well, I guess, a stepmother in Fleabag. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay, recast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, look, scheduling and mm. whatever. I think the film does get better once Taron comes into it and I think there's a lot of strengths to his performance here. I like that he actually sang the songs. It wasn't just him like lip syncing Elton's actual Mm. voice. And the vocal performance is good. I think his range is quite different to Elton's Mm. though. He's actually probably got a higher range Mm. than Elton does. So sometimes he's not quite getting that kind of deeper bass range Mm. that Elton has in much of his music. Mm. I liked his and Bernie's relationship because it made me reflect that it must be absolutely extraordinary as a songwriter mm. who can't sing or doesn't yep. sing, doesn't do that side of the thing, to, to find someone who was able to bring your vision to life yep. and you sense the amazing sense of pride that Bernie has in Elton. Mm. And yeah. Bernie's played by Jamie Bell, Billy Elliot, King Kong, which it's interesting because... You know, he performed in Billy Elliot, the movie, and Elton John has actually written the music for Billy Elliot, the musical. Like, Right on. Yeah, so there's a little connection there. I don't think I've ever seen Jamie's hair this long. It's probably a wig. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you sense the real friendship and, I mean, love mm. between him and Elton. Mm. And a lot of the film is about Elton kind of navigating his sexuality and the anxiety mm. of, I guess, coming out publicly and how yeah. that might affect his mm. image and whatnot. Yeah. And Bernie, I, I suppose, tries to, to help him uh, where he can through yeah. that. They have a nice friendship. Like you said, he's struggling with his sexuality and battling his mm. demons with substance abuse and what have you. They do have a bit of a tiff, but they're like brothers. They always come back to each other. Two brothers. <laughs> <laughs> it's just called Two Brothers. <laughs> There's some good choreography in Mm. some of these uh, musical pieces. I quite like the one for Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I like that too. That's when Taron jumps in as well. That's right. It wants to put in these kind of moments of surrealism Mm. as well at different points, but I just found that it didn't really have solid identity or anything that made it stand apart from your more or less kind of -of run-of-the-mill biopic. Mm. Have you seen... Bohemian Rhapsody, because they kind of came out around the same time. No, I haven't. That's famously on, on your oh, list. Oh, that's for me, right. It is too. But they're very, yeah, different in the way they, that's more biopic. Mm. But yeah, this is more. Yeah, kind of plays it a bit more straight. Yeah, this is it? more like, yeah, musical mm. drama biopic as such. <laughs> Much like uh, Mamma Mia, which we looked yes. at last year. It's <laughs> almost like a, a jukebox musical. Yeah. A- and I can find that a bit problematic simply because. 
you have to recontextualize every mm, song. You mm-hmm. have to think about, ooh, what would be the most natural point in the real story of this artist for us to put mm-hmm. in this song that doesn't actually have any connection mm-hmm. to it? Mm. So that can get a, a little bit muddled. If you're a big fan of his music, a lot of this stuff is probably going to fall by the wayside. Like I'm sure you're going to get everything you want here and more. Mm. But yeah, it just feels a little bit unfocused and probably a bit too long. I think this needed about maybe 20 minutes cut from it. Okay, yep. I don't know where that would come from, but... No, I agree with you. I'm sure there's, you know, reasons for all the scenes and things like that, but I think, like, Mm. Benny and the Jets, like, that kind of scene where he's, I don't know, he's kind of, like, spiralling, I suppose. I was like, oh, we already know he's kind of spiralling. I don't think we really need that, but I also love Benny and the Jets. Like, that's a great song. That's a a banger. It's funny you say you found it hard to kind of connect I must admit, when I first watched the movie, I was like, oh, yeah, it was okay. I think I just put it on to go to bed or something like that because I'm like, oh, I like the music. But I think I liked it more after watching it a few times, Um, Mm. you know, and it made groundbreaking kind of efforts as well. Like it's one of the first films from a major studio to, you know, include a gay male sex scene as well. Ah. Representation's really important and, you know, that's yeah. fantastic to, you know, kind of normalise. And this movie, I think the budget was like $40 million, um, and the box office was like 195 Just mm. went, you know, huge. But, I mean, that just shows like how much people love Elton John as well. Very much so, yeah. It, it kind of fits into that category of, I guess, the mid-budget film mm. that we've talked about a fair bit yeah, and, and that true. not really happening. Mm. Yeah, and you can have a, a real hit on your hands. I did quite enjoy the costume design as well, yes. especially in that Benny and the Jets scene. You really get to see, much like a Bowie or any other of these artists at that time that had a real kind of art pop performance mm. streak to them. The costuming and the look was just as important as the sound. Well, and there were so many yeah. looks for Elton. Well, that's it. right. I was going to say Elton John is very much known for his flamboyant persona and his costumes and his glasses. He's very memorable. I love the scene where he is performing at the Troubadour for the first time and he's mm. singing Crocodile Rock. I love that song. That's a great song. And... Without giving too much away, the the film uh, concludes with them superimposing Taron into one of Elton John's <laughs> more famous music videos. Yeah. And I think this is probably where the budget comes up a bit short because it <laughs> didn't look great in my eyes. Well, because I, I know what you mean. It looks like he's... It's like green screen-ish or like you're yeah. on TikTok. But I don't know if that's the point. Like it's intent. I don't know. I, I, I like to think mm. it's intentional for some reason and it makes me mm. laugh. I, again, I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> so in summary, if you enjoy the music of Elton John, I think you're going to get your fill here. If you enjoy a bit more risk-taking in uh, filmmaking, you might not find it here. So for me, it's going to be a, a give it a miss. However, if you do want to check it out, it's recently been retired from several streaming services, so you will have to rent it for a few bucks from some on-demand services, but you can check it out there if you'd like to. Hey, everyone. We wanted to take a minute to tell you about our new friends at Zeroco. Zeroco make incredible home cleaning and personal care products conveniently delivered direct to your door, minus all the single-use plastic. They're showing-made and owned. All their products are plant-based and feature carbon-negative delivery. Now, the way it works is super simple. You order, Zeroco deliver, you return their reusable liquid pouches and Zeroco refill them. It's like the milkman reimagined. 
If you're new to Xeroco, use our affiliate link in the episode description and get yourself one of their convenient starter kits. Not only will you be cutting down on household waste and helping clean up our oceans, beaches and landfill, you'll also be supporting this podcast. Xeroco. Give single-use plastic the flick. And we're back. Heading to my recommendation for you, Rin. It is 2005's Serenity. Not to be confused with the film with Matthew McConaughey and Anne Hathaway that came out uh, much more recently. This is 2005 Serenity. This is the Firefly movie based off the Joss Whedon limited science fiction television series from 2002. This is basically like a big beefed up TV special, if you like. Universal decided that there was enough demand and enough of a market there to throw $40 million at Joss and say, look here, mate, you can make your uh, dream episode, basically. Now, unfortunately, much like the show it's based on, the film did not find much success. It did just make back its budget, but it certainly wasn't making the kind of money that contemporaries of that day. So it's, it's a very modest blockbuster, if you like. <laughs> I'll set the scene, much as I did for Firefly, We're 500 years in the future. Humans are in space. Chinese and American superculture have combined. Most planets that are inhabited in the galaxy are under the control of the Alliance, which are like a big controlling parliamentary wing. And then there are independent planets who are far less developed and kind of look more like cattle ranches. The film is named after Serenity, which is the ship of Captain Malcolm Reynolds, played by Nathan Fillion, and his ragtag group of, well... They're smugglers, basically. They're smugglers and thieves trying to make a living while staying ahead of the alliance who would have something to say about their smuggling and stealing. The movie decides to take a particular interest in one of the crew members of Serenity, which is River. So River was introduced in the TV series as... Uh, a young traumatised girl who was very gifted uh, but then was experimented on by the Alliance when it was discovered she had something like psychic powers. And this film opens with actually revealing how she was broken out of Alliance control by her brother Simon. So her and Simon joined the the crew of the of the Serenity in the pilot of, of Firefly. The film is actually set eight months after that pilot. Things come to a head when Malcolm tries to use River's powers to pull off a heist and things go awry and Simon gets mad and Mel decides to kick them off. And then it's discovered that the crew is actually being pursued by a new puppet of the Alliance, the operative, as he is named, played by a young Chiwetel Ejiofor, a future uh, Academy Award winner. So this is a modest sci-fi cat and mouse film about getting ahead of those who are chasing you and it includes many elements that Joss Whedon said he wanted to introduce into the show at a later date. There's certain uh, revelations about the Reavers, who are these kind of like madmen in space that he said were going to be part of the season two finale. So it's a way for him to explore some things, take some risks and have some fan service. Uh, I watched this film before I watched the series and I really liked it then and then I liked it more after the series. I know you weren't super hot on Firefly, but what did you think of Serenity? Did it work as a standalone story for you? I definitely enjoyed it more than the series. I liked the visuals better. I liked that mm. the camera wasn't as shaky 
as well. Yeah. And I liked the Reavers aspect of the film. Like for me, it created more suspense and more excitement. Like I was more engaged. I kind of like eerie, scary kind of things. Watching it as well, I was kind of like, hmm, where's Anara? When's she coming back? And then I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. there she is. Okay, she's back. Oh, but where's Book? Oh, wait, there he is. Okay. So it was good. And it was kind of nice to see familiar faces and things like that. Anara made an appearance. Yay. <laughs> She doesn't get much to do, no, does she? No, her, not her, really, um, no. She had a lot of deleted scenes, actually. They really oh. had to cut her role down, what? which is a shame. Do you know why or just... I'm, I guess it was feedback, yeah. you know. Um, That's a shame. It is a shame. I mean, we know you like Anara and, and you know that I like Anara yeah. a lot. Um, <laughs> a nice surprise was seeing uh, Sarah Paulson. Yeah, she does have a bit part here. Yeah, so that was nice. I love her in the American Horror Story series. She's recently been in like Ratchet as well. And I just think she's a phenomenal actress. So it was nice to kind of see like a younger her as well. It's funny when you see people pop up and you go, oh, is this your early days kind of thing? Um, Speaking of people popping up, Glenn Howerton from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia plays the guy who tries to hop onto their vehicle oh. when they're getting away from the bank, right? Oh, yep. Oh, yeah, is that just the, a little bit Take me with him. you and then... Yeah, the take me with yeah, you guy. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. I reckon you're spot on with the colour scheme mm. because Firefly, the show, was very brown and very kind of warm, mm. whereas this has a lot more cold blues and dynamic oranges that really kind of make it pop. For some reason, the character Jane has a newfound passion for like bright, <laughs> graphic tees as well. Like he's often in like rainbow or, or yellow yeah. and it looks great. The same with Kaylee. She's given like these rainbow graphic mm. sleeves as well. Speaking of Kaylee, I think her character also gets warped a fair bit. There wasn't much she's of, made. I didn't think there was much of Kaylee mm. like at all. And then there's a scene later on where they've all got guns and they're all trying to prepare for the Reavers or whatever. And then Simon's like, oh, I just wish I had more time to be with you or something. And she's like, Oh, like as in sex? And I was just like, oh, have I missed something? I probably missed something from like not finishing the series. There was no lead to that throughout the film. So I was kind of like, "Mm, I feel like that just should have played a bit more throughout the film for it not to be out of place, I suppose. But I mean, it made it funny. Like I did actually laugh, like actually laugh out loud. I was like, ha, like... (laughs) You know. Yeah, the quippy dialogue that made the the series so enjoyable is is back here in true Whedon style, and that's one of the challenges of the film because it has to try and satisfy, I guess, new people as well mm. as people who are intimate with the series. If you had seen the series, like there is a lot of tension uh, between Kaylee and Simon, mm. which comes up, and there's this whole thing where he keeps putting his foot in his mouth because he comes from oh, like money. a rich background yeah. and she doesn't, yeah. and she always feels like she'll never get to be with him. Mm. Whereas in the film, like there's a few throwaway lines, Kaylee is mad at Mal for pushing them off the the flight yep. because she thought maybe they were close to getting together. I suppose it is kind of glossed over if if you're not mm. really invested in the relationship. Same with Mal and Anara and the same with, with a bunch of dynamics mm. here. Kaylee has to kind of be the, I guess, the audience surrogate here. So she comes across as quite naive, yep. whereas in the series I think she was probably a mm. bit more capable. But there was that scene where Anara has kind of summoned Mal and then he came and then the operative was there or whatever and then there's this fight scene that happens and then he hits Anara and he hits Mal and he hits Anara and I'm like, don't touch her, don't touch Anara, she is a gem. Like I was getting mm. angry. Hit Mal, he's a bit of a dick, but don't hit her, she is 
sunshine personified, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I was a bit maybe too into it. I don't know. <laughs> We've talked a bit about Mal in the Firefly episode mm. because he almost borders on anti-hero. Like he's yeah. quite a hard cookie. Yes. And he's grown this exterior because he got hurt. Mm. He fought in a war where his side basically abandoned him Mm. and so his whole outlook on life and the world is shattered and he's out for himself. Mm. He only takes on these crew members, he says, out of necessity to help him run his ship. The difficulty that I think you had and I think some other people might have with Mal is he's trying to sympathise with him because you sense underneath there is compassion Mm. and there is a good guy but it's under layers and layers of arrogance, under layers of of defensiveness. And there's there's scenes like... Like I can see that that is a thing and you can see when there's something that happens and Book says something to him and you can see that Book can see him for who he is but Mal can't see himself for who he is. He's so buried underneath all of this hardness. Whenever I see like fight scenes and they just keep hitting each other like blow after blow after blow, if I got hit that many times I wouldn't be getting up. That would hurt. (laughs) I'd be like, ow, can you not? Mate, like you just got winded. Act like you're winded. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. And the extra budget allows them to beef up certain things. Like I think the set has had a lot mm. of work put into it and has a much better feel of being yeah. like a continuous set. Yeah. Um, the graphics were better have, as well. Yeah. But I mean they like. They get to have yeah. space battles and mm. stuff. Yeah. Big Avengers vibes here again. You know, this is the lead in to, to Joss Whedon directing the Avengers in 2012. And if you want, you can write down the names of the characters and try and get their you know, closest corollary. It's like, well, Mal is kind of like the Iron Man and Jane <laughs> is kind of like the Groot, maybe. And I guess the Hulk is Shepherd, maybe. <laughs> um, it could be kind of fun to play games like this. But yeah, like there were nine characters on the ship in the series. Mm. So we talked a bit about characters being reframed or cut down. It kind of has to happen, I think, for the film to work. I, I guess you would say River, Mal and... Simon are pretty much the main characters, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. So Simon has has a fair yeah. bit of work to do. Yeah, the rest before. were definitely more supporting characters. I don't feel Zoe really had much screen time either. Not really. And neither mm. did Wash. <sighs> and look, it must have been such a thrill for original, you know, fans of the series to see this comes life on the screen. Like I said, I saw everything retroactively, so mm. I didn't get that same experience mm. and, and I never will. It's Maybe nice. I will when that community movie finally gets made. We'll see. <laughs> I think it's nice that there was like a conclusion for the diehard fans. I think that was really important and it's not often that that opportunity is given either. There's a lot of series that I'd be like, oh, I'd love it if that continued and I'd love to see more of that or just to wrap it up. Yeah, definitely. And look, the story did continue in other mediums. I think I've mentioned Joss Whedon's brother continued it in graphic novel form and there's some really cool plot stuff that comes up that leads in from Serenity. I like as well that in amongst all the big plot stuff, the subtext of it all is fighting against conformity and corporate control. Mm. And... That was Firefly. It was such an ugly duckling on a major studio network that never really fit and really never should have been on Mm. there. And it tried its hardest to fight and it got screwed over and shown out of order. So really the show reflects the characters that were in the Mm. show the same way and I think that's a really nice package for it. Sticking it to the man. 
Yeah, I think this belongs in the pantheon of TV movies. If you're a fan of Firefly, you've already seen this, but this might be a better starting point. And then if you like this, maybe go on to the series. I don't know. What's your recommendation? I'm actually going to say give it a look because I actually enjoyed it more than the series. As a standalone, I think you could get by, but I think if you have watched the series, like you kind of understand a bit more, especially because some of those other characters have minor parts in the movie. Shepard Book for example, you kind of go, oh, who's this dude? Why is he so special? You kind of get it if you've seen the series. My recommendation is give it a look and if anyone wants to watch it, you can watch it on Binge. The Firefly series, as we've mentioned, is available on Disney+. Excellent. Good stuff. Let us know what you think of these two films. Where can people find us on socials, Rin? On Insta and Twitter, you can find us at Give It A Look Pod. And if you want to email us, our email is Give It A Look One at Outlook.com. A little surprise announcement. Next week is going to be our last episode for a bit. We're going on another break and we'll have more information about that in next week's episode. What are you giving me, Rin? I am giving you one of the films that I loved watching when I was younger because it's so relatable. Angus Thongs and Perfect Snogging. Nice. I'm giving you another kind of coming of age story of a different take. Uh, Lady Bird, the directorial debut of Greta Gerwig, starring Saoirse Ronan. Plenty to sink our teeth into next week and we really hope to see y'all then. Happy Star Wars Day for this week. Everyone who's uh, well <laughs> and truly on the board there. Is that a big thing for you, Ren? Oh, no, not really. I haven't watched any of the new ones, I must admit. I was going to and then something came up and now I'm a bit like, not terrified, but PTSD to a degree. Don't forget to subscribe, leave ratings as well for us on Apple, Spotify or on YouTube now. Don't forget to interact with us, follow us, save our posts, share. Cool. Any uh, sign-offs, Rin, or you want to leave it there? I got one. So here's my words of wisdom. Before you marry a person... Make them use a computer with slow internet connection to see who they really are. Sorry, my internet fell out. Oh, I'll say well, it again. See, I'll you, say it again. Nick, That's we, all right. No, no, I'm joking. Oh. That's the joke. Oh! That's the joke. <laughs> <laughs> you little shit.